Welcome to 30 Years of Dough. It's the Super Side Track Tale Relevant Show. Hello again, friends, and thanks for tuning us in at another episode of 30 Years of Dough. Joining me today is uh, young Calder Sutton. Say hello to our friends and fam. Hey, friends and fam. What's going on? Once again, I'm... I always find it actually really funny when when people go onto a podcast and they ask to the listeners what's going on or how they're doing, knowing that they're not going to get a response to them at all. Doing that this might not air for several weeks. So. <laughs> well, even it's like you can't hear back from the person when you're like, hey, friends, I hope you're having a great day. It's like, they don't, like, you don't ever hear back from that. So, I mean, that's, I find that really fun. I find that really funny. We're still waiting for someone to send us a, a fan email at 30yearsofjoe at gmail.com. Um, I, I, I promise to read at least the very first paragraph of anything you sent. So there's some incentive there, folks. Yeah. You could you could write screw Flanders eleven times and I'll say screw Flanders eleven times. Who I think surprisingly is uh is not in our episode today. Today we're talking about the very first episode of season two. Welcome to season, season two. two. We made it. If you've been listening along, we've recorded now 14. This is our 14th real episode of 30 Years of Joe. Joe. Crazy. Wild. Yeah. It's pretty um, cool, actually. It's pretty uh, pretty cool that, like, first season's it's done, man. We've made it. We, we're doing the thing. We're doing the stuff. Well, and this was, um, without independently fact-checking and just reading Simpsons Wiki, uh, one of the most viewed episodes in Simpsons history with over 33 million households tuning in. Holy crap. That's wild. Um, well, and this was... They had moved in season one. They were on Sunday nights, uh, but in season two, Fox put them up against the Cosby Show uh, at eight p.m. on Thursday. So, yeah, it was a Thursday night, October eleventh, nineteen ninety, when you were not in existence and I was a toddler, probably eating crayons. You say October nineteen ninety? Yeah. December, December, January, February, March, April. Oh yeah, I would have been, I would have been in the oven at that point. Oh, you were, you were incubating. You weren't a, just a twinkle yeah, in was, Bob's uh, eye. You, you had, you had, uh, had navigated your way out. I googled what was going on uh, in October eleventh, nineteen ninety, and there really wasn't anything wholly exciting on like the on this day in history other than crude oil hit a never before seen high price of $40 a barrel. Where are we at now? Um, I just actually looked at it. So currently we're sitting around 56. Okay. So we're, Um, we're a small step ahead of where we once were. The highest ever was at some point in 08, I think. We were at 145 a barrel for uh, for 
For those who are market players, that's WTI crude. I didn't pull all of the other oil prices because only you nerds care. And this is a very generic statement with the Simpsons podcast. And we're not even talking about oil. We're talking about Bart failing a history test. Oh, man. This is a good episode. Yeah. Um, we really start to deepen a little bit of the relationship between Bart and and uh, Krabappel. Yep. And, uh, and, and yeah, we, we also start to, see, you start to develop a little bit more empathy for Bart, um, despite the fact that he is super lazy and procrastinates at every turn. At the same time, you kind of, you kind of feel bad for him at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like there's those, he actually there's those... did give up his snow day to study and he really tried. And by really trying, I mean he put in one full day of study effort of of what was clearly an exam that they had probably been covering since the beginning of the school term. But that's okay. We don't have to we don't have to overanalyze this or anything. That's that's not what we do here at 30 years of dope. Be true. Um very, very true. So yeah, this is Kind of very close to like what becomes the modern in, modern uh, intro, like the school mm. is the right color again. Um, you don't have the weird bus stop with the fat people. Uh, yeah. Uh, the dentist shop that's shown in the on Main Street in the first episode is now a <laughs> candy store. So read into that what you will. Yeah, this is a really quick like the intro just flies through. It doesn't seem like it's. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we still see Bart skateboarding past some people, but there's no no extended cut where he steals the bus stop sign. But, yeah. And yeah, this is kind of like really the, the more traditional. Um, still nothing too, too exciting in terms of the chocolate gag or the, the couch here. I forget what the couch gag is here. Does the couch just fall? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, very exciting. <laughs> So yeah, um, and this uh, rolls on with with kind of right into a, a very kind of one plot episode. Um, it's really very much a Bard episode, um, and it starts off with uh, book reports. And I love the Martin Prince like Hemingway costume here for for old man. Oh, dude, TV. that's so good. And. Well, I really like Martin Prince references because that's absolutely who I was in school. By like, it's like looking in a mirror. I did dumb book reports. I brought in dumb dioramas and and was the keener and the brown noser for sure. So, and then and then Bart. I just, was definitely not. I was the opposite. Were you uh, making up a book report by staring at the cover of it? <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. I would always go last. And I would like think about it the whole way through and just wing it as soon as it was my turn. And it worked wonders for me, dude. Like absolute freaking wonders. One, so, that, yeah, I, no, I definitely, I managed to get away with that stuff. I was a little bit on the, well, I've always been on the lazy side, but uh, yeah, it, um, I certainly got away with more because I could, I could 
pull stuff together really quickly. So. Ah, uh, yes, fair enough. You're one of those types. Oh, the old treasure island. Perhaps you'd like to tell us the name of the pirate. <laughs> Just that blank stare. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's also like doing a chalkboard gag in episode. Yeah, that's a, that's a cute touch. Yeah, really, really adds to the, the, the reality of the universe. And I love the the Charlie Brown teacher voice here with Edna, where she just kind of morphs into into the wah, 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 wah. yeah yeah oh and a a great terrible animation of this arcade game, uh, the Escape from Grandma's House. Mm. And we talked about I think we talked about video arcades the last episode you and I recorded about we how did. You, about how Red Deer was was an arcadeless boy. Unless, like, I might have just like not been exposed to it. Like, uh, we we lived on like the east side of town, kind of away from pretty much everything. And like, I don't know, we didn't really leave our like our block because I mean, a we weren't allowed to. B we weren't really allowed to. <laughs> so the arcades. Like, that might have been a downtown thing, but even like arcades weren't really kids at that point. We just like skateboarded and did drugs. Fair enough. I mean, if I'm allowed to say that, yeah, maybe maybe I'll people leave out that other part, but <laughs> um, that's the that was just the, that was just the sad reality of it. We skateboarded and ate candy and lollipops. <laughs> With sugar on top. We skateboarded and learned about our... Yeah. Yeah, I, I know we, it was like... I uh, think we threw we the explicit tag there on. Was like a mix of kids that were... But oh, like our neighborhood wasn't really composed or composed of uh, like kid hangouts. Like we had our school, the playground, and like there was obviously some like not so reputable kids around like for the most part we just played road hockey road skateboard but i wish they were because arcades are fucking sweet i definitely logged some arcades back in my day both at yeah we had ruckers in st albert and then when uh well reds in west edmonton mall always had a pretty good arcade and then for a while when the new yeah. the new phase where silver city and hmv opened uh, had a two-story arcade called Palladium, and it was like it was the place to go. Like, if you had if you had friends who had rich parents, that's where their birthday was. Yeah, Palladium was fucking sweet. Like, we went like I think it was the same weekend that our hockey team played in West End. That's my flex for the day. Flex. Nice. Um, it was that same weekend that we went to Palladium and it was just like the fucking coolest thing that any of us had ever done. And like, to this day, I, I still remember going to Palladium and just loving it, absolutely loving it. Nice. So yeah, so 
So we, we plugged right along with Bart coming home from the arcade, finding some more excuses to procrastinate. He watches cartoons. He watches some Godzilla King Kong thing with um, Homer um, and then ends up falling asleep in his books. Um, there's a quick little spot where um, they make a big deal about Lisa getting an A on her vocabulary test and putting it on the fridge. Yeah. Were you, your parents like putting kids stuff on the fridge? I was an only child, um, so it was like that. Like occasionally, maybe a drawing or something would go up there, but it like I don't remember. I don't remember my school tests going up on the fridge. Um. Yeah, like if it was something that we were really proud of, mom and dad would be like, "Yeah, like we'll put this on the fridge." But if it was something that we were just like, "Hey, cool, whatever." They didn't really seem to care about it too much. They kind of let us, like, they fed off our excitement. So if we were super excited, they'd be super excited. If we were kind of like, hey, cool, this happened, they were kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, okay, cool. That we're happened. not going to make a big deal of it if you're not going to make a big deal of it. So, um, but yeah, like, I mean, I totally feel for part in this situation where, like, his shit gets covered up because Lisa got an A in her grammar class. It's like, cool, like, that's awesome. But, like, just because you have a full spot, like a full fridge, doesn't mean you guys cover up what your kids think. Like, there's the side of the fridge, guys. But more importantly, Homer was going to get a beer, and that was, hey, I respect that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Homer just Homer just wanted a beer, and Lisa's vocabulary test got in the way. Yeah. Well, I just I love that part where he's like, "Well, since I'm up here," and he just reaches in and grabs himself one. It's like that's fucking. That's proper, dude. That's absolutely proper. And then we have Bart weaseling his way out of the test by by faking sick, um, which I think I think everyone has a, a fake sick story at some some moment in time. Oh um, man, yeah, absolutely. Like faking sick was. I don't remember. I mean, it was it was hard for me because my sister was way better at it than I was. Mm. So like. <laughs> it was tough because then I'd be like, Hey, like I'm not feeling like I knew I had something coming up and I'd be like, okay, fuck, how am I going to fake this? And I would plan for days to like not eat or not drink water. So I was dehydrated or like not wear my jacket outside for a couple hours. So I'd actually like have some kind of sick symptoms. So I committed to the role, but half the time my parents were like, no, like we know you're faking it. So I'd have to go to school and then I'd come home and be like worse. And they're like, Oh shit. Now you have to miss more days. And it got to the point where they were just like, Okay, if you don't want to go to school, just tell us you want to go to school. Yeah. Okay, great. Good compromise. Well, I don't remember ever doing it a whole lot in elementary school. And I think it's because I never really would have had an out. Like, um, my mom worked pretty long hours. And my dad was often out of the country when I was in elementary school. So, like, if I left class sick, mm -hmm. I'd probably end up sitting in the infirmary at the office where there's nothing to do. Um, and then probably sitting alone in a room at like the out of school care program thing. So it's like pretending to be sick really, it's not like it earned you a, a quick trip to the TV or, or to be able to get home and, and play with toys or whatever. So yeah, like I didn't have a ton of incentive to fake sick at school. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. But in junior high, oh man, we had a very lax sign in and out policy. 
um, that I have been. Are you, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, well, I think it was because I like I had braces in junior high, and I also um, I was part of like a couple of activities that would occasionally get me to leave school, and yeah. so the people in the office after a couple months into junior high, like the secretary who would check your your like your note to leave, and make you sign in and out, she knew who I was. And so, like, three months in, it'd be like, oh, Chris, out to the orthodontist again, and, like, probably didn't even look at what I had. And it was oh, just... Oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. That's like, I, I, in, in grade nine, I wrote Gone Fishing in the sign-out log and just left. <laughs> Fuck off. That's, that's fucking incredible. So... <laughs> God bless suburbia. <laughs> okay, so on this topic, because I'm so proud of this, because in high school, like, I wasn't recognized for anything at grad. Like, people had, like, oh, athlete of the year or student of the year. And literally, I feel like everybody in my class had something that they were a part of. And I was, like, I don't know, all the kids I hung out with went to different schools or lived in, like, the different outlying towns around Red Deer. But one thing that I got recognized for my fucking high school graduation was I was nominated for the best late excuse. And so, and I fucking, I love this story. So our house, it locked from, like, if you locked the house from the outside, you needed a key to unlock it from the inside. Nice. And, like, we didn't have, like, we couldn't get, like, for whatever reason, our garage door wasn't, like, like it wasn't battery operated or what it wasn't working or something and we couldn't get out that way. So my mom had to borrow my keys because her car was in the shop or something. And so she took my house keys, left, locked the door. It's in the house. I can't get out. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I, I call my mom. I'm like, hey, um, I gotta be at school in like 10 minutes. I have my like spare car key, but I don't have my house key to get out because you locked me in. So you're locked and so, like, in the and she worked in the Catholic school house? program. So she... <laughs> yeah, I was locked in my house. And so my mom, because she worked with the school program, she called them. She's like, hey, so um, Calder's going to be late. He's locked in the house, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure he gets, gets there like easily. Like typical Calder. No, like, come on, guys, <laughs> give me the benefit of the doubt here. But that was, uh, yeah, best late excuse in uh, my graduating class, and fucking proud as hell of that. Nice. Yeah. Some cool little sequences here. Um, well, so they have the discussion with the school psychiatrist who we saw in season one when Bart cheated on the aptitude test, and they're recommending that Bart repeat the fourth grade. Um, and you, this is where you start to get some empathy for Bart. And then Bart reaches out to Martin and, and uh, offers a partnership. Uh, yeah. I, de I definitely did some people's homework for some, some schoolyard favors in elementary school and junior high. So I, I'm not, not afraid to say that at all. 
some of those partnerships were, yeah. were were vital to survival, especially in junior high. So oh fuck, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You want to find a big, big dumb kid. And and uh yeah. I had I had a friend in junior high and high school who uh I helped along with some schoolwork and he was a he he wrestled all six years and was a stacked human and he he solved some schoolyard problems for me. So <laughs> that's sick. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I uh, I had that friend in elementary school, and that friend got kicked out of elementary school. So I learned right away that uh, maybe that's not the safest bet to bet with the uh, the meanest kid because he's not going to stick around for long. I really like the montage of Martin helping Bart study, and then Bart teaching Martin like how to be a badass and especially when they go to spray paint on the school wall and Martin spray paints like a portrait of Mrs. Krabappel that's like loving. And, uh, it just makes me, makes me laugh incredibly hard. I don't know. And then, yeah. and then Martin goes like full cool kid and like leaves Barton alert. It's like, Start at the end of the episode. I think he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and shades. Yeah, and refers to Mrs. Krabappel as Mrs. K. And well, what a transformation! Jeff definitely turned himself around. Which I can well, I can also relate to. Not that it was not that it was ever cool, but mm -hmm. I used to wear the same Hawaiian shirt every Friday. Uh, through junior high and high school, like six years, yeah. every Friday, same red Hawaiian shirt. Fuck yeah, you did. That's like, and that's I used to, I used to greet everyone by saying it's Party Friday, starting from grade seven on. So, see, and that's nothing to be ashamed of because that's just fucking awesome. Yeah, man, I wish that shirt fit. <laughs> Like I, the only reason I stopped wearing it on Fridays is because it's a little snug these days. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, now I know what we gotta get you. We gotta get I, you for your next birthday. Is your uh, get your replacement Hawaiian shirt? I think it was a men's small. So like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, even it was pretty snug <laughs> in grade twelve. Like it went from like it was definitely like a relaxed party shirt in grade seven and in grade 12 like you definitely didn't i never buttoned it up and it was kind of just like a loose fitting like open collared shirt but it certainly was like barely long enough to wear in grade 12 so so what you're saying it's, it was a couple christmas ago oh yeah like i didn't well i think my cousin actually had it has it oh no way <laughs> yeah she dug it out well because she got a hold of it from my mom because she she brought it to my wedding and was she was where she wore it to the reception so that's fucking awesome that's a party move good for her <laughs> yeah i res i respect that that's uh yeah one she i think she was wearing like a teal dress and then so she's wearing this bright red floral hawaiian shirt and i was like that is 
absolutely a power move because you look terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really get to have a power move for my sister's wedding per se. I just like one of the other groomsmen. He was like, "Oh, you look like you're." Uh, Look like you're a little nervous, so here's some Ativan. So we took Ativan and drank a bunch of tequila. So I was like on another planet. My whole oh man, life. that shit is no joke. It is, uh, yeah. I uh, I have some occasionally for some anxiety and panic attacks, and it, like I I am not functional. Like 30 minutes later, it's just like okay, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna sit next and like the cat. I think the cat knows when I've taken an Ativan because she just comes. <laughs> And she knows she can get pets because I'm like, you're really soft. Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. That checks out. That well, absolutely checks out. Gonna jump in on because uh, we we're progressing through Bart gets an F, and now we get this little snow day montage where mm. they start. They sing a Christmas carol. They sing Winter Wonderland, and Bart gets his snow miracle. Uh, and you see a bunch of, of people from season one and even even some characters from season two that we haven't met yet are kind of like spewed into this montage of, of winter awesomeness. Like people are skating and throwing snowballs yeah. and, and Bart locks himself in the basement and is studying by candlelight. But, yeah. But, um, Ashley, let's pause it. I'm going to pause it at 1923. Just... So we can talk a little bit about snow day and then about study and then we'll do a little wrap up. But like nineteen twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like I don't remember. I remember school closing for cold weather a few times in elementary and junior high, but it was typically like typically yeah. it wasn't snowfall. It was <laughs> like. Our school would shut down if it was too cold for like diesel buses to run. Yeah, buses weren't running. And so, yeah, so I fucked up. Well, sorry, I didn't. My parents fucked up by moving to Red Deer, being like very easy walking distance to every school that we went to. So buses at all. It was less like we we went to school no matter fucking what. School was always open for the kids that could get there because there were so many kids in the neighborhood that went there. I so, remember. Yeah, the buses weren't running. Um, I remember in fourth grade, um, like we my, had one school day. My entire school career. Oh, you're cutting out like mad now. Oh, hello. Is that better? Yeah. No, go ahead. You were saying in fourth grade? Yeah, in fourth grade, um, because uh, my mom worked early, so I got dropped off at out-of-school care at, like, quarter after seven. And so there was someone at out-of-school care. And then at 7.45, they made the announcement that, like, buses weren't running and that the school day was canceled. Um, and... Like a bunch of people had not even come in, were dropped off to out of school care. So I was the only kid at out of school care. And then classes were canceled. And so I was like one of the few kids in the building. 
And so out of school care is like, oh, go to the office. And if your teacher's there, they might find something for you to do. And if not, they'll find something for you to do. And one of the, like a bunch of teachers had just been like, oh, school's canceled, fuck this. And we're long gone. Um, but yeah. yeah, I got um, basically just voluntold to be like teacher's assistant bitch throughout the school. And like uh, Mr. Nip had me go feed all of like the reptiles and fish and pets in all of the school classrooms. Um, and then I had to like clean all the AV shit in yeah. a TV studio, like where all the TVs and projectors were. He was like, he's like, I want you to clean all the TVs in here, knowing full well that I'm giving you the key to this TV and you can plug in this TV and watch TV for as long as you want. And it was like, okay, sweet. <laughs> he's like, if you plug in this cable, you actually get cable. So watch whatever you want. And it was like, yeah, cable TV. <laughs> Which I mean that's amazing. What's on and like I think I watched Price is Right and like a bunch of daytime talk TV. Oh dude, like absolutely it was always like Jerry Springer, Maury, or like fucking Coronation Street. Like that was like the shit you watched when you were homesick when I was a kid. Like yeah, and I'll say that I'll say that proudly. Like, I mean, I watched the hell out of Coronation Street. Like, I, I even I watched enough Coronation Street at one moment to have even like been keeping up with who some of the characters were, and, <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I wonder if that show still. I wonder, that show's gotta still be on in some way, shape, or form, right? Like, I mean. If it's not, I'm upset about it. Like that's yeah, that's that was golden, man. It was amazing. Some of those soaps have been on for like, I mean, like, I know The Young and the Restless and General Hospital and some of that shit has been on for or Days of Our Lives. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, like Days of Our Lives was like, fuck, that was a heavy hitter for like our house. I used to get really mad at The Young and the Restless. Because Global used to have Simpsons reruns at 4 and 4.30 before the 5 o'clock news. But sometimes, like, The Young and the Restless would run long. And so it would cut into that first Simpsons time slot. And it, it would always just drive me up the wall and be like, I don't want Young and the Restless. I rushed home from school to watch The Simpsons. Yeah. See, we would have, like the buffer between getting home and mom getting home we'd have like half an hour 45 minutes maybe and only one tv so it was like if i magically like got to the tv remote and i turned on something it was it was simpsons but 90 percent of the time my sister had like clueless or buffy or uh buffy that kind of ish Yeah, that was uh, that was my school life growing up. Yeah, but yeah, but, but like the snow day thing, that the like it absolutely it feels fictional to me because I mean yeah we got some cold weather days and some snow days, but I don't ever remember a day where 
everyone was just like, fuck it, let's go sledding and throw snowballs and and not do yeah. it. Like, like that definitely did not happen. Like fuck no, and I don't remember either of my parents ever getting like a day off of work that was weather related. So yeah, right? Like, I mean, what happens? Like, your kids can't go to school, but you still have to go to work, so your kids got to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I, rem- I remember on some, like, teacher's convention days or whatever, mm-hmm. I remember my mom working and not taking me to outer school care, and I would, like, go into her office and, like, I'd get like a place to read and be like, sit quietly in this office for today. And we can go home at three and be like, oh, okay. Hope you brought something to do. Gee, thanks mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like we, yeah, like that's fucking wild, man. I don't, like mom, like when growing up, like when we first moved to Red Deer, I was in kindergarten mom wasn't working full-time so she was home all the time anyways and then she went back to school and became a school secretary so she worked the days I went to school in like the same hours so it was never really like there was never the overlap so if I wasn't in school for some reason she wasn't at school so we didn't really get to have that like lack of supervision shit unless like she had to be at school for a day and I didn't and she'd just bring me to the school anyways and say hey go play in the gym it's like by myself like I'll go shoot a basketball by myself for an hour and then get bored and then have a teacher ask why I'm there and explain oh my mom's working so I'm stuck here yeah that was the nice thing about being at school early and being being a brown noser is I often had keys to things in elementary school especially when you were in the building for long periods of time without much to do like I in grade five and grade six, I had keys to stuff. So like I could open the gym storage unit where the hockey sticks and balls and shit were. So if I was bored, I could go shoot a basketball or so. Privileges that would you would probably never extend to a student today. I had them. So like I had the equivalent of like one of the janitor's keys. Like I could open all kinds. That's awesome. Like that's <laughs> fucking sweet. And I, I, uh, and I like I never really abused the privilege in a way that like I absolutely should have been like I'm gonna go into the teacher's lounge and make myself a hot chocolate, or because I know where all that shit is. And, I do kind of like this like school of rock like founding fathers declaration of independence thing where it's like Mm. it's animated in the weird like sepia tone and then all the all of the characters kind of look like schoolhouse or yeah schoolhouse rock with the big round noses yep conjunction junction what's your function i also like the sequence of bart slapping (laughs) himself to concentrate (laughs) yeah Oh, Bart. Don't cry, Bart. It's okay, buddy. Don't cry, Bart. And then Bart references something that, like, not even, like, high school American history students probably could reference. Like, 
no one talks about Fort Necessity. Like I took, mm-hmm. I took an American history course at the university level. We did not talk about George Washington sur- surrendering at Fort Necessity. So, like, yeah, that is really bizarre. A really bizarre piece of history for him to reference. Mm-hmm. He gets a D minus, and he doesn't have to repeat the fourth grade. Although all the, everything we know about the Simpsons, it's 30 years later and he's still in the fourth grade. So that's yeah, a long fucking school year, man. <laughs> he's been in the fourth grade for seven presidents now. So with seven presidents since the Simpson aired? Uh well it's Bush, Clinton, Bush two, Obama, Trump, and now Bo- okay, so six. Sorry. Fuck. That's... Oh, that's wild, dude. Yeah. Madness. Fucking Trump. He kissed the teacher. I kissed the teacher. I... I, That that does resonate with me. I, I emerged through... Through all of public school, K to twelve, without ever kissing a teacher. So, kudos to me. Uh, lucky. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Actually, I mean, I did have a couple of really attractive teachers. Oh, the, don't get. I wouldn't like, be terribly upset with this. There, there are there are some teachers that would have made the it's worth it to break the rules test, but. Uh, but uh, I want to say the percentile of teachers that fall into uh, that side of the Venn diagram is, is low. Like, you're talking one in a hundred teachers that's uh, in, in the realm of attractive. Yeah. Yeah, we had, actually, it was, yeah. I had a really attractive teacher in high school. She's my physics teacher, but her her other half was an Australian rugby player who was like three times the size of any of us, and in the the best shape that anybody could ever be in. So none of us had a chance. Oh, burly Australian dude. How do you compete? You don't. Yeah, you just you just <laughs> don't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, have, uh, do you have any final thoughts on Bart getting an F or snow days? Or no, I, I think it was honestly this episode for me. It's like, cool, you see the side of Bart having a conscience and like genuine like emotions, which was like, again, you don't see a lot of in newer episodes, but it's cool to see one twice, kind of see how they feel him out as a character and how he kind of mends. Um Snow days again. Fuck, we should have had more of them. I mean, yeah. I wish now as an adult I could be like, yeah, it's going too much outside. I can't make it like, to work. I that wish. Would be that, I wish we could just declare every like, like every sixty fourth winter day. It'd be like, you know what? Like, fuck it. It's snow day. Don't go to work. Put your skates on. Hit the ODR. Boom. Have yourself a time. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, 
Yeah, man. No, I uh, I get that. Like, I mean, fuck, it just never happened. I think it was. I don't. I feel like in Red Deer, like the public school system had them a lot more leniently than we did. Hmm. But they also yeah. had like, like every for us, like once a month, we'd have a Friday off. For them, every second Friday was a half day. Yeah, we had, and then we had a sh- we had a shorter school year, um, but they took like more random days throughout the year for just weather and that shit. Yeah, we had early dismissal the first Wednesday of every month, and the, whereas the Catholic board got every second Friday off, mm-hmm. and but we had. Yeah, like a pile of non-instructional days. So you get like a random Tuesday off. Or well, and we I remember even in junior high and in elementary school. So like K to nine, there was like a day three days before the end of term. And it Mm -hmm. was literally called fun day. Yeah. And so in like K to six, it was like the teachers put on the worst carnival imaginable. So, Mm. and there were like activities and things set up all throughout the schoolyard and in the gym. And then seven, eight, nine, you just got to go to the pool all day. So, because we had an outdoor pool within walking distance of junior high. So, and it was like pool day. Be like, fuck yeah. But, yeah, we didn't we didn't get a lot of those, but I mean, when we had them, they were fucking awesome. But yeah, I would I would like a snow day or an ODR day. Oh, uh, dude, just ODR be like a national so ODR day. Yeah, man. Fuck. Ugh. Well, I mean, by the time this gets aired, they'll probably be done that game. But like, aren't the that dude who started the longest hockey game? Oh like, yeah, they got on? they got approval to do that. The Sakers Acres. Yeah, isn't that like didn't that kick off like this weekend? I think so. Yeah, I think it started. And it's um, like what? How many days worth of hockey? I don't know what they have to do to break the record now. They've been breaking that record forever, and it's like it's long. I feel like it's got to be twelve or thirteen days now. That's crazy. Yeah, one like you play. I think you commit to like a three or four hour shift. Hmm. And then you get like time to warm up and you go back out. But like, yeah, there's, there's constantly teams playing and I don't know, like the final score the last time was like a thousand and something to nine something. And it was like, Holy fuck. Like when they keep score and like, it's super official. I never played in it, but I did. I officiated some of the, because um, they have refs out there. Like, it's not like you're really calling a ton of penalties, but you're out there dropping the puck and they play with offsides and stuff. So, yeah, I uh, I was refereeing it in like, I want to say 2008 or 2009. It was fucking cold, man. Like, yeah. Outdoor hot, like, I I didn't officiate a lot of outdoor hockey and you quickly realize how little warmth like the referee outfit 
has in it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of refereeing, um, <laughs> and this is just because this is like, <laughs> uh, I just want to hear this story again. Um, you tell me about the time that you uh, refed a women's hockey game and Haley Wickenizer lift the off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she got fucking. She chewed me. Chewed me up good. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, St. Albert Midget AAA Raiders were playing Haley Wickenheiser's uh, Calgary female pro team at the time. Because uh, that was when the it was the first season of the women's pro league. Um, whatever version of that one there was. There's been several. But yeah, there was, I think there were three teams in Alberta, three in BC and three in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So nine or 10 teams. But yeah, the Edmonton team was playing out of Aikensdale in St. Albert. And then her Calgary pro team was playing out of the Max Bell. But yeah, they came up and they were playing like all of the midget trip teams in Edmonton and Calgary as kind of a, as kind of a, like a warm up tour. Um, Cause, and Honestly, it was some of the fastest hockey I can ever remember being on the ice for. Like, because the midget trip boys were pretty fast and the women were faster. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, she uh, didn't like one of my offside calls and lit me up for it. I, she had some pretty good F-bomb sequences. Um, and still to this day, the the best face-off taker I've ever seen that I've dropped the puck for. She was fucking wild. Like, she knew the puck was coming out of my hand before I did. It was, like, wild. She, after three or four face-offs of me putting the puck down, she knew exactly how I put the puck down. And, like, her stick hit my knuckles oh, about ten times. It was wild. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, yeah, she's the best for a reason, man. Yeah. Yeah. Full, full respect. So. so. That's crazy. Yeah. Wild. All right. Well, I guess at this point we could probably end, uh, let's end off this podcast. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for uh, tuning us in. Um, Calder, do you want to plug any of your uh, social media prowess? Yes, on Instagram, uh, Hot Dogs of Alberta on Instagram. I think Facebook, I'm just Calder.Sutton, but I don't know, there's that shit. Uh, if you're in the Edmonton area, keep your eyes and ears open for a new bakery concept operating out of Northern Chicken temporarily. Uh, check us out on Instagram. It's at Bredmonton underscore underscore. That's all I got. Boom. Bredmonton. Nice. And as always, you can get in touch with me on all the socials. I'm at Beer Guy Chris. And you can get in touch with the show on all the socials at 30 Years of Doe. That's three zero years of D-O-H. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us on this, uh, this first episode of season two. And uh, tune us in. We're... Uh, we're recording a bunch of these and we might even be back on the calendar for the end of season two on proper air dates. So stay tuned and have fun. Peace. 
woozle wazzle to all of you. Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve. Today, on this episode of 30 Years of Dough, Calder and Chris were both drinking Last Best Burnout Hazy IPA. We didn't think we had to b- make this fucking beer again, but we fucking had to. Burnout Hazy IPA. It's tasting like juice. It's hoppy as fuck. Yeah, that was a fucking monster of a beer. I'm like, I want to open another, but I'm scared to because I know it's just not going to bid well for me. Not going to lie, I've ripped through a Tolkien since we started chatting and recording and uh, feeling pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I finished mine about halfway through and I cracked a uh, session ale. Uh, from Jasper, and I'm like, I could probably just stop drinking now, and I'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I should probably yeah. eat something. Yeah, shouts out to uh, Phil Bryan and Cosmite. That's a fucking hell of a beer. Boom, 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 boom. This has been Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve. Show me the money before I open the bottle. All right. Well, Matt, I hope that you can sort through all of this and. Uh, yeah, I think we got a bang. In, I think we got a bang in episode one record. So I'm gonna stop the recording. This has been a production of Screaming Dachshund Studios. Big old dicks. <laughs>